Massacre on Straight to the Core Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gents? My name is Matt Massacre. As always, your host this evening for episode 37 of Straight to the Core Podcast. And uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been on Quotes in the Air on the air. (laughs) Uh, I kind of wanted to let our compilation sit out there in the internet world for a few weeks and kind of let that um, do its thing. Um, If you're a first-time listener of the podcast and you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, (laughs) um, we released our first compilation album, Underground Outlet Volume 1, on July 31st of this year, a few weeks ago. And um, it's completely free, available on Bandcamp, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, and there's a podcast episode, so episode 36, the episode before this, it's a track-by-track episode, I guess, uh, with yours truly doing a little bit of commentary on that. So there are many, many, many different ways you can listen to the compilation. It is completely free to download on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Just go to straightcorepod.bandcamp.com dot com to download it or go to soundcloud.com forward slash straightcorepod and there is a full album stream of the compilation on our YouTube channel as well and speaking of the YouTube channel this week we have a record fourth appearance from a band right here on Straight to the Core and that band in question is called Divided by Design and I sat down with Liam, Joe, and Tom of the band they are from Leeds, UK and they are a progressive metal instrumental trio. And they just released their brand new concept album, Stages to Osiris, uh, a little bit earlier in the month on the 14th of August. And I sat down for a good 50 minutes, I'd say, which is why I want to keep this intro a little short, uh, because it is such a long interview. Um, but I sat down with the guys in Divided by Design, and we kind of talked about um, you know, being a concept album, how was the writing process and that a little bit about the band, a little bit about the history of the band and uh, just a lot of camaraderie uh, with those three dudes. And it was a really, really awesome experience. Um, This interview will also be in video format on our YouTube channel, kind of circling back to talking about the YouTube channel. So if you haven't had an opportunity to subscribe to the YouTube channel, please do Um, make sure you give the video a thumbs up. The other two interviews we've done, one with Indomitable uh, with Isaiah and jazz. And then we did our very first one with, Mr. Paul O'Brien of Eons Abyss, and that is also up on the YouTube channel. Uh, A couple other things are up there, too. Just check it out. We did a podcast-exclusive premiere of our friends in Thorn from Phoenix, Arizona. We released their single, Hacks and Womb, that is also on the YouTube channel. Um, So a lot of stuff going on there. I want to try to build the channel a bit more, so if you could, I mean the world to me, if you could hit that subscribe button on that channel. Um, But... Like I said, I'm going to keep this intro very, very short, and uh, we'll get right into this interview with Liam, Joe, and Tom of Divided by Design. Really great guys, really great interview. Um, So yeah, enjoy. What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt Massacre, host of Straight to the Core Podcast, and I am sitting here with the guys in Divided by Design from Leeds, UK. Um, I'm, I was going to say their names, but I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves. So uh, take it away, guys. Tell, tell us who you are, what you do in the band, and a little bit about yourself. Whoever wants to go first, don't matter. 
uh, well, I'm Liam. Uh, I'm the lead guitarist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the vocalist, yeah? Yeah, the, the <laughs> instrumental music, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I go next? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well... <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm I'm the new guy. I'm the drummer, and I'm sort of in charge of slaving away at uh, each track individually to try and make them sound listenable. <laughs> kind of my job. <laughs> uh, that just that just leaves me. Uh, I'm Joe. I'm the bass player, um, and me me and Liam are the the original members that have been going with the project for a few years now and uh tom's come along and shot us uh, into a relatively new sort of yeah amount of success <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> yeah so you guys are a instrumental progressive metal band with no vocals right yeah yep and you guys just released your new album stages to osiris i believe on the 14th of this month correct we did yeah yeah. So how, uh, for those of you that might have not heard of these guys before, Divided by Design, this is their fourth appearance on the podcast, which is insane to me because it's the most, this, is, this, this band has appeared on this podcast more often than any other band. And uh, every time they've appeared has been just singles that they've dropped. And this is the first time they've dropped an entire album. So what's, what's the, was the process from dropping singles, single by single, more difficult, or just dropping an entire album at once more difficult? Well, it was kind of this has been the plan kind of since we initially contacted you to all this stuff's been written for ages okay and uh we were like let's just do singles to kind of build an audience and then release the the concept album we were kind of working on for ages that, that was kind of the yeah. the goal the goal in mind so there was a yeah. definite there was a definite mindset going into it that, yeah you wanted to go this it, route yeah it was quite interesting though when we were when we were, while we were recording this because although it's an album it was still sort of released as singles because the way we did it was we'd record a song or at least with up until parts four and five we record a song release it as part one and then record the next one part two which for me was very unusual because <laughs> Obviously, usually when you record an album, you usually do it in one sitting. Well, not one sitting, but you get it all done, all dusted, and then you send out whatever you want into the world, singles, full album, whatever it is. But we did it a very, very weird <laughs> way. But it was, it, was, it was nice, kind of. <laughs> it was nice once they were out. It was kind of like, a, oh, oh, it's, it's all right. It's, it's yeah, right. We, we wanted to do it as, like, that's why... It, it, the naming convention for the album is a bit strange is because we wanted to keep the single thing going but we wanted to keep it as a once it was all out it was a big project and you could see it was that so people would then listen to the whole thing it, we, we kind of thought about a lot of this stuff quite a bit because yeah. like it, it's really annoying because coming from like the prog scene releasing big albums is kind of the thing right Right. And uh, and it's something we want to do, but in kind of the music industry now, it's not as viable. So if we just dropped an album, uh, I, I would safely say half of the songs probably won't get that many listens. 
Whereas if we release each song individually and then we then release it as an album, they all kind of get their time to shine. <laughs> That's a very good way to think about it, especially in the, in the in the digital age today. It's really hard for younger bands to get, you know, because you're right. Most most people they'll they'll go on Spotify or whatever their main source of streaming is or YouTube or what have you. They'll listen to the two track first two tracks and like ah this is all right and then move on. Mm. They don't yeah. listen to the whole thing. So that's a good way to do it. That's very smart. And I never would have, I never would have. Uh... And again, I'm not a musician, so I don't even know half this. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that's a different it, mindset for sure. It was all like with me and Joe, uh, we kind of planned all this out and then Tom joined. And the fact that he could make, like record and produce it all for us, just made it so much like easier to pull it off. Really. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So do you guys, so Tom, you... Do you handle all the recording and mastering and mixing and everything? Kind of what you said in the beginning? I do. Well, for, for the most part, for this album, because obviously lockdown was in effect and everything. Right, right. That, that made it a little bit harder for the production side because obviously, well, for one thing, Joe's in Southampton, is it? Yep. Which from where I am is a long way. And then... <laughs> Luckily, Liam's a bit closer, but it's long distances. Right, right. So when it came to recording yeah. the album, it, we literally had to do it. Uh, they'd record it at home. They'd send me what they got, and then I'd have to go through it, edit it, do whatever needs sprinkling on top. And then send it back. And then, we're like, no, and then we send it that. back, and you're like, is that, is that any good? No. Yeah, there was, there was quite a lot of that. But it was quite a nice way of working, though, because, you know, the response was usually very quick from both of them. They usually both had pretty clear idea of what needed to change and whatnot, especially Joe. Joe was very good for that. He would give a very, very, very exact little thing that would need changing, but changing that made it completely Joe was much better than me. I was like, <laughs> that, that twiddly bit, change well, that. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's it. You know, what, you know what you're talking about, but we don't, yeah. you know. So <laughs> if, if, if we could translate what you meant by that little twiddly bit, yeah. something or other, it would be better. But uh, yeah. sometimes it doesn't quite work like that. But yeah, I yeah. handled, I handled um, all of the, the mixing and production editing side of it. And then a colleague of mine handled the mastering for it. Well, I imagine as, as a younger band, financially speaking, it's it's probably a, a good thing to have a member of the band that's knowledgeable and in, in yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's the main reason I got this gig, wasn't it? Really, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a little bit of a studio. Yeah, let's let's get him in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think apart from. Oh. I was, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. my internet's no, uh, a little bit, a little bit bad. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say, uh, apart from the, the sort of financial side of things, having having Tom in the bands and being self-contained means that we're able to uh, to work on a, a track and get it from the the rehearsal room out there in, in a couple of months if we if we really push it. Um, and it's just allowed us to really pick up some momentum um, that if we were going to someone else and, and paying lots of money and traveling to different studios, it, it would have been a slower and more expensive process, I think. That's a good Definitely point. Sure. That's a very good point. Mm. It, it also lets us kind of make exactly what we want 
because everyone who's involved in making it is part of the band and knows what we're making. You know? Very true too. Whereas uh, our first two songs, so Polar and The Catalyst, uh, those were with a different producer and at the time it was good, but they would do, they would change stuff and not do exactly what we wanted. <laughs> Which is it's it's fine in some contexts, but when you're kind of making uh, like a a project that's kind of continuing through the songs, uh, it kind of helps that like this instrument needs to be here, so make sure it's there. Yeah. Right, because you guys <laughs> know that makes what sense. you want and know yeah. the outcome that ultimately you want to achieve. So together, yeah. there's no middleman. Like, well, maybe you should do it this way. No. I wrote it this way for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I want it done. I'm paying <laughs> not the other way to around. Be fair, <laughs> to be fair, there were to be fair, there were a few instances of that kind of thing where I'd, I'd say to Liam, like, "Have you thought about maybe kind of changing that?" And the response for the, was just, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Which to but be fair, in the end, I, the thing is, exactly, I know yeah. kind of, I I hear the finished thing. Because I, I, well, with this album, I, I wrote the kind of the skeleton, and then the other two added their, their parts. Some of the earlier songs, it was me and Joe writing them, together. Um, but yeah, so I, I provide the skeleton, so I know what it, I want it to sound like, and then Joe will add a, bass part I'd never even thought of, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then Tom does the drum. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. Then I have my bits, and then you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's snare. Not, not in the right spot. <laughs> not in the right spot. <laughs> so uh, when it comes to stage of uh, stages of uh, stages two Osiris, I keep wanting to say of. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um, for stages two Osiris, it's a concept album. So tell us a little bit about the story that's that's trying to be told here, track by uh, track. Who wants to tackle this? I can give. A... Uh, I'll do it then. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. Uh... Yeah, yeah. You, you go for it. So it's it's a five-part thing, obviously, and each song is based on a different stage of grief. Um, and to an extent, it, it's kind of audience interpretation, like what what it because there's no lyrics, there's, right. there's no like story, really. But from my perspective, the reason it's called Orion One Denial and so on is because that's the character. And in kind of that mythology, Osiris is the god of the afterlife. That's why the album's called that, instead of Orion. Okay. Um, that was going to be my next question. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. that, that's why. We, we <laughs> thought that we was going to be called Orion, and then it was like, this. it works for the songs, but it's a bit, doesn't say anything. Right, okay. For the title. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so if you kind of delve into the, music theory of the songs uh which we can get into if you want <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how much people want to know about that stuff. but there's a lot of like hidden stuff and uh, a lot of it actually ties back into the catalyst that song especially with the last two songs of the okay. album okay so, so the the kind of initial concept was uh the catalyst was the start of the concept and then the the stage of the grief is is because of that kind now, of it's starting to make more sense when you were talking about you had all this pre-planned and this is like the ultimate yeah. goal of yeah the it, catalyst. this is like 
This is like the Avengers, you know. Right, right. <laughs> it's the end of phase one. It's the end of phase one, right. And then we introduce more characters later, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, where the hell's stage two gonna go? Phase two, yeah. we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So as a a band that's an instrumental band, when you guys play live, because it's a funny story, like one for people that don't really know what progressive metal is and like instrumental metal is the biggest band that I could compare divided by design to is probably animals as leaders. Three yeah, piece, yeah. you know, instrumental yeah. progressive, you know, and one funny story. I think I told this up before on the podcast, but I'm gonna tell it again. Cause it's a good story. <laughs> uh, but Tosa Nabasi, I go, you guys are probably familiar with them. The guitar player yeah, yeah. animals uh-huh. as leaders. I saw them live a few years ago and people were so amazed at the sounds that were coming from his hands <laughs> playing the guitar everybody was just staring like what the yeah and he stopped after one of his songs and he comes up to the mic the most timid voice you've ever heard he's like (laughs) um um hey guys um you you know you can move right (laughs) 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 and uh but where was i going with this i don't remember oh um so as when you guys are playing live do you guys experience the same thing where people are like where's the vocalist for people that don't know you, I should say. I mean, I'm sure people in your area know who you are. Uh, but for newcomers that have seen you for the first time, do you have people come up to you be like, where's the vocalist? How come you guys don't have a vocalist? I think, I think we really, um, we're, we're quite different from, uh, we're, we're similar in, in, in many ways musically to bands like Animals as Leaders. But uh, in terms of the live experience, I think we're really trying to achieve something <clears throat> quite different. Um, the, the energy is uh, more like a punk band. Uh, we're, we're running around um, trying to get the crowd going. I don't think we give them a chance to think about what's missing. Um, we okay. put so much in their faces. Yeah. Yeah, that, like before all the lockdown stuff happened, we did a, a mini tour in, in the UK. Uh, and. I remember Joe was like kicking over mic stands and stuff and, <laughs> and all sorts. And jump, we like, we're wireless for the whole thing. So we're jumping in the crowd and kind of going crazy, really. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember that gig that he kicked that mic stand over. That was Newcastle, I think, wasn't it? And uh, that was, it was the last song, wasn't it? I think. And you kicked the mic stand over, which still had the mic on it. And it, the mic went slam into the ground, pop shield first, right into the ground. And after, uh, when he did, I was just thinking, oh my God, the sound guy's going to kill us. He's going to give us a right field day. We're going to have to buy him a new mic. <laughs> and then the sound guy came over after we were packing down to come off and just went, well done, guys. That was really good. I, I was really impressed with that. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about the mic yet. All right. There you go. Yeah, Lots I think it. it. <laughs> The way we perform surprises people because they expect us to kind of be stood playing the tracks, right? Like because they sound complex. They do very. They complex. are to an extent, but there's always sections in the tracks that have room to move, and like we, we, the way they're com- composed is kind of there's lots of ups and downs and room to breathe. So when the complex stuff happens. It's a lot more impactful, especially alive as well. Uh, last night, I, I actually I found I finally found some time to listen to um, 
stages to Osiris front to back after work when I was driving home. And when I was driving, as I was listening to the track, some of the atmospheric sections that you guys got going on in the album, I found myself daydreaming. Like I found myself get taken to like somewhere. I don't know where I was going, but I just <laughs> felt my brain like go off somewhere. And then like those heavier parts that you were talking about kick in. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a definite. I mean, for the listeners that are, that are watching and or listening to this interview, definitely check out Stages to Osiris. It will take you to a different place for sure. As as the tracks go on, it's there's like, I feel like there's different instruments besides just drum, guitar, and bass. There's like violin in there. Yeah. Somewhere, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big big thing. That was the violin stuff. So what? Who plays the violin? Or is it just uh, the, is it... the violin? The violin and there's a throughout that well that particular section at the end of it's the end of the album. Part, right? It's yeah, it's in part five. Right. Um, we have a violin, viola, and cello. The violin, viola, played by my mother. Oh, very really cool. <laughs> and uh, the well, she's a violin. She's a violin and viola player, and she'd do it for nothing. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Who are we gonna, who are we gonna go with? <laughs> All right. Um, and then the the cello player was I'm oh, forgive me I cannot remember her name. Um, she's a very very lovely person. She she works for the Lincolnshire Music Service. She's a cello player. I think she's credited. I think isn't she? So we'll remember. Yeah, it's made well. well yeah. So check check out the credits for it. She's in there. But she's very very good. Absolutely brilliant player. And the rest of it is just Liam messing about on. <laughs> stock plugins that he's got on <laughs> reaper like the thing is is on their own they sound awful with everything else they sound amazing amazing there's never been one that he sent me that i want to get rid of it's always no you've got you've got to keep that that's it, it, going in absolutely it's kind of where the kind of video game inspiration comes yeah. from because i really like all old nintendo games and stuff like that and i love the, the music from it and technically, it's bad, like, sounds. Right. I mean, yeah. But I, I love taking them and, like, it reminds me of, of old Zelda games and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I just like how they sound. <laughs> and then when I put yeah, the heavy like, guitars over, it kind of, is, yeah, it's kind of unique. Uh, I think you guys, like, you guys did, like, an 8-bit version of, was it Polara? I think you guys did an 8-bit yeah. version of? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how hard was that to, to transfer from... That was someone else did it, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was working with um, with a guy called H. Mister, who's a, a DJ kind of uh, 8-bit producer. And uh, we, we, we have to give him a lot of credit for it because we, we sent him the stems um, and then sort of talked through about what we wanted the, the track to sound like, what we wanted to people with it. And uh, he, he sort of transcribed it and shifted it substantially but it's so recognizable as the original track um the original track was in 15.8 and the 8-bit version's in 4.4 but it's got the same elements of melody in there and all the recognizable hooks are, are still in there uh, so he did a really good really good job yeah i remember listening to it uh i think the first episode you guys were on was one of the single digit episodes which is crazy to think that 30 episodes later <laughs> you guys are here again uh, yeah. but i remember i think the was it the catalyst that was the first one the first single yeah it was yeah 
Yeah. So it must have been that episode where I played the Catalyst and I listened to Polara and I listened to the 8-bit version. I'm like, what the f- This is badass. <laughs> this is crazy. How <laughs> like, you know, you listen to the actual version and then you listen to the 8-bit version and it's like so similar, but not at the same time. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what we really liked about it. Because it some people would just complete copy and paste and make it exactly the same. But it, it was, it, you could tell, as Joe said, it was all the elements were there, but it was its own thing. Right, right. So I feel like progressive metal is really the only genre in metal to where you could be an instrumental band and it's still catch an ear. Because if you, I feel like if you had vocals in the progressive genre, it'll take away from the technicality and the musicianship in the instrumentals. Because I've seen Liam, because me and you were friends in our personal Facebooks, and sometimes Liam will post playthroughs of him playing and i'm just like what the f- how are you doing this <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like if you put vocals in front of those sounds that you're making with the get with that guitar it would take away from the beauty of what you're writing and same for the rest of the band yeah 100 percent. like there's a lot of people who aren't quite in that genre uh, that like, i've shown the music to and like, oh, it's good but what if there was a singer and i think if there was any vote there's no room for vocals in the first place and if there was it, as you said, it would totally take away from it, I think. Right. So do you find it, when, when, when Liam sends you guys, this is more for Tom and Joe, when Liam sends you riffs and, and, and shit that he's written, not, I shouldn't say shit, it's, it's a bad thing, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but the, the stuff that he's written, do you find it like, how the fuck are you doing this, man? Like, stop it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's weird because um, when, when me and Liam first started sort of uh, playing together, Back, this would have been about uh, three years ago now. Um, some of the stuff would would blow my mind, and it would I'd have to sit down for a lot of hours and work out uh, what what was being done and, and how how I could bring it to the base. But we've sort of we've both grown um, sort of together, and, and we now sort of have an understanding of I I, I get what he does, and I, I feel like I can. I can add something to that. Uh, I've really got better at understanding, understanding what, yeah. what's going on. Well, there's there's stuff in this album when Joe sent it. I was like, How, what's going on here? Then? <laughs> <laughs> now Joe's getting payback, right? It's shifted. Yeah, it's like I need to step my game up now. Right. <laughs> yeah. For me, yeah, it was but, a bit. For me. For right, me, it was done. a bit. It's a bit different because, well, I've known you, Liam, for God knows how many years now, and I've mm. always known you to write stupid riffs like that. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I, as soon as you send me something, I just I know to expect it. Like it's gonna, it's gonna outweird the last one. But yeah. that's a good thing a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of one of like the earliest things of the band I remember was because me and Joe went to uni together. Um, was me sat in Joe's room and I was coming up with a catalyst riff at the beginning of it. And Joe was like, oh, I've got this really sick riff. And so he, he comes up with the, the kind of intro. And then I was like, oh, how about we go to this weird tapping thing? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it was literally after that rehearsal that I went and wrote that song and then gave it back to Joe. It was kind of from there, it, the band kind of went awesome. somewhere. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. To kind of piggyback on what Joe said, this is more for you. Um, 
be working with Liam in this band, do you, do you feel like it's helped you grow as a musician and, and your bass playing ability and your skills trying to fit, trying to, you yeah. know, absolutely. Absolutely. Because a, a lot of the time, um, Liam will be playing something that might be a, a mad sweet picking type passage. And to be able to do that on the bass, I might have to tap it, for example. Um, and that, that I might have to sit down and slow it down and break it down. Uh, just to be able to, to get the, the mechanics right um, on a bass. Um, but then when you speed it up and you put it back together again, um, it, you know, we're playing something very similar at points. And I think that's really cool. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So kind of a question for Tom. Coming into this, knowing that it was going to be a progressive style band, did you know that your drum your drumming would have to be pretty unconventional if you will more so than uh, a different <laughs> genre, i should say well yeah yeah definitely because <laughs> well go, go, going into it like i said i've known liam for a, a good many years we we grew up liking the same similar kind of bands that the drummers did similar things like dream theater and right. rush um you know their drummers are incredibly complex and you know very talented you know so I, I knew going in that it was probably going to be somewhere in that region of complexity but a lot of the time it was the thing that i had to get my head around was following joe a lot more because my parts tend to follow what joe's doing a lot more than what the guitar is doing which is really nice because it helps mold together a really really tight rhythm section that you know even though we're a progressive band and it's weird and stuff's going on, it does make the audience kind of go, you know, bob your heads to it. It worked for me. I'm, Ex I'm yeah, exactly. It. Well, there we go. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I was told Liam, yeah, like, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to listen to the album. Front, since it was a concept album, I wanted to listen to it one to five. Hmm. I don't want to listen to one and then three hours later listen to, you know, whenever I have time. I wanted to dedicate an hour front to back. And that's what I did. And like I said, I was mesmerized. I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. Go ahead. I was just going to sort of talk about, I think it, it speaks of our process that Liam's got the, the original skeleton of, of the song and then it'll get passed down to me to sort of build a scratch base track with the initial sort of outline of what I'm thinking of doing pass to Tom and then it sort of goes from back to front uh, again and then Tom does what he thinks will work and then it gets passed back again and there's a lot of to and fro in that really develops different elements of the track and sort of fine tunes every every section yeah I remember in uh, part three the negotiation um, it, there's a there's like a really quick section and, and then a solo and I had an original demo solo, and at the time it was like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And then Joe then does the bass, and as Joe was saying, back and forth. And then it comes to me to track the guitar. I'm like, there, there could be something totally different here, <laughs> like compared to all the others. Because at that point in the album, it's been like the sweepy thing, the, the tappy thing. I had to kind of do something else. <laughs> right. You know. So, but I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so you got time, you kinda of mentioned it with Dream Theater and, and Rush and stuff. Um what are what are kind of your 
I guess it's kind of individual question for each one of you. Um, for your main inspirations to write the style of music that is divided by design, what are some of your main influences, either as bands or individual musicians? Or how did you come about being the musicians you are today? I guess. <laughs> That's the easiest way I can put it. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's kind of an individual thing, isn't it? Do you want, yeah. to, do you want to feel that first, Liam? And we'll go around. Uh, yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, like, as I mentioned earlier, I used to play lots of video games. Right. I remember, like, learning the tunes on the piano uh, from, like, Zelda and stuff. Um, so I've always had that kind of ingrained in the my kind of musical DNA, I guess. And then I got into guitar music when I was, probably when I met Tom, <laughs> when we were like 13. And I got really into power metal for a while. There you go. Uh, like <laughs> Dragonfall. So I was really into <laughs> shred, shreddy stuff. Shreddy stuff. Um, and then I found Dream Theater and it just blew my mind. It was like, how, how are they making this? Right. And then, and then like Steve Vai and stuff like that, more kind of less full on metal and more kind of, instrumental guitar and like fusiony jazz stuff as well but the, the root is is metal always always right <laughs> um i don't know tom can we go next <laughs> uh yeah yeah i can do um well yeah like we mentioned earlier dream theater and rush for me it was rush that were more of an influence on me and then liam introduced me to dream theater further down the line when we kind of met well, a little bit after we met. Um, further on from that, there was, I'd say joining the band took me to a whole new level of listening to things. I was kind of melling with the idea of listening to he like heavier music, like uh, you know, metalcore and things like that. But I hadn't really explored it too much. I'd listened to a few songs. But after that, I started listening to bands like Architects, um, Polaris, um, Tesseract, Periphery, Animals as Leaders, obviously. Bands where, again, the rhythm section is just really, really tight. And a lot of the time, the drums heavily follow what's, you know, what's going on, syncopated, syncopated rhythms, you know, right. that make you bob your head, essentially, which going into this going into this band was very important in a lot of aspects right that's very cool that's me <laughs> <laughs> joe what about you um so i've i've been sort of listening to a lot of heavier rock and metal stuff for most of my life um bands like guns and roses uh iron Maiden were really influential on me as a sort of foundation and then it sort of developed from there and to the more progressive side of things and um you know as tom says bands like periphery um uh, intervals uh really really inspirational in in how they're pushing boundaries um i think nolly get good of periphery um he, when when he was playing bass for them obviously um, <laughs> he was an inspirational player um he, he's just so clean and his technique is is really something that I sort of strive to achieve. But um, the whole time I'm looking at uh, these players and thinking um, what they're doing is really cool. How can I sort of copy that? I'm also thinking, uh, what can I do to not be like them? Uh, what, what can I do to sort of introduce my own style and sort of build on what I've done 
before. There you go. Very cool. I'm just, I'm always curious on how musicians kind of get to where, you know, what inspired them to get to where they are today. You know, because I don't know how to play an instrument, really. I mean, I could pick up a guitar and maybe learn something, but like, I'm not in a band. I've never been in a band. So for me, getting that kind of knowledge and getting to know you guys better as musicians, it's really cool just to, to hear what uh, inspired you to ultimately become divided by design at the end well in, in terms of the band though we we very much wanted to take all the inspiration that we had and figure out a way of doing it differently to an extent like we, we knew we didn't want to go full genty mode you know, right like right. all these all these newer ones <laughs> we wanted to kind of take all these kind of things that we loved about playing and kind of craft it into something that we hadn't really heard but really wanted to hear there you go yeah okay that makes sense um i know joe kind of mentioned intervals and that's it clicked in my head that that's a band that kind of started as just an instrumental progressive band or gent if you will because that was when early 2012 you know the early two early 2010s when like gent genre not a genre that's a whole other episode (laughs) 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 um that you know early early 2010s i was all about it i was completely focused on that style of of metal and a lot of it was instrumental and intervals was one of those bands that fit into that category but then they wrote an album with vocals and i feel like that changed the entire band so for you guys are you strictly going to be three-piece instrumental through and through or has the idea of having vocals well, I mean, we've There's already a lot, a lot kind of broken that. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> with strings, haven't we? It's right. not even like... Right, true. Uh, yeah, the, essentially, it's, it's we'll have an idea, and if it kind of fits into the mindset of everyone, then we'll probably go for it. So if, like, something I do want to do is write a, another concept with a flight of proper story with vocals, but whether that's with this or what, I don't know, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting because this is where we've been wanting to get to, right? With, with the band, so any like, who knows, who knows, who knows, right? Yeah, very cool. I think I think we have a really a kind of unique unique approach in as much as progressive music has sort of become a genre um, that's put it firmly in a box, um, mm-hmm. and we we're sort of kind of influenced by the progressive bands of, of the eighties, seventies and eighties. Um, and we, we, we really want to push boundaries and, and be truly progressive. Um, right. Meaning we, we want to do things that have never been done, you know, put a horn section in a metal track with some strings and a sitar, you know, right. Yeah. Really push the boundaries. <laughs> so you want to take the word progressive as a word by definition and take the progressive genre to a different level essentially yeah. is what you're saying mm. okay. yeah i'd agree with that yeah i i feel like a lot of these bands that are under the progressive thing are are just kind of in a cycle of copying each other to an extent obviously there's some really great bands that are pushing boundaries and doing really unique stuff but yeah I've i heard... think the, the the description's getting a bit broad now true yeah i mean i've heard i've heard progressive bands like trumpets and like trombones and horn sections and stuff or well, i can't remember the name of the band now but there was a, a song that appeared in my spotify you know suggested thing 
And I listened to it and it's, a, it's an instrumental band. And it's very groovy. And all of a sudden there's a trumpet solo. I'm like, what the, f- what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of those things. It's something I never heard before. So, I mean, if that's the route that you guys want to go, all of a sudden you want to have like a Joe said like a sitar solo or something. Just some guy sitting Indian style <laughs> playing the sitar, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit about, the album again so you said that stages to osiris it's essentially following the five stages of grief is it yep. so denial reactionary the negotiation collapsing reality and the fatalist in that order yeah what's from start to finish what is orion essentially going through in the album Oh, sorry about uh, that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of to an extent up to the audience to figure that out. You know, okay. uh, the the point was to kind of convey these different feelings through music, and so denial. There, there's loads of different shifting drifts. There's nothing's repeated in that song, really. And it was kind of meant to kind of simulate never landing on an idea, really. Okay. And then part two is based on anger. So that's why it's so kind of heavy and more aggressive. Constantly, it's really driving that song. Right. Even in the clean section, it's still kind of pushing. It's quite dissonant as well, isn't it? Like it's very, you know, the melody doesn't quite make sense if you know what i mean but yeah at the yeah. same time it does make sense but you know it's not conventional it's not how you'd normally do it yeah and then part three uh, is bargaining so that's why we call it the negotiation and okay uh kind of we probably could have pushed it a lot further but uh we wanted to make sure the song was good <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a lot of like jumping between like the main intro riff it's switching between the guitar and the bass they're like having a conversation and then there's parts where all the instruments drop out and then it's just the guitar and then they come back in it's stuff like that and even like structurally uh it's almost like a conversation as well and then um collapsing reality is depression so that I don't want to give that one away, actually. I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> There's enough. There's a lot of secret stuff in there. Fair enough, fair enough. That, uh, um, but that one very much ties in with the catalyst. Bit, a, bit of a bit of a Morse code section in there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Listeners Somewhere. can pick that out. But, uh, Somewhere. <laughs> right, a... I still don't know what it means. I'm in the band. And then, and then the fatalist. Uh, well, Joe, do you want to explain why we called it that? Um, the, basically, it's, it's, it's the acceptance uh, idea of, of the stages of grief, but we, we sort of wanted to play on whether it's a positive or negative uh, acceptance. Um, and the, the ideas of fatalism in, in philosophy are to do with everything being sort of pre-assigned. Uh, everything is going to happen that, that happens. Um, so it sort of asks the question of the audience whether we've reached an acceptance of uh, a positive or negative kind, as I say. Um, it's, it's up to the, to the audience to really decide what the journey means to them um, and how they respond to it 
emotionally. I, I think in in some ways that that last part is is slightly ambiguous um, and open to interpretation mm. for the audience. Right. Yeah. Go on, Go on. <laughs> well, Go on. I was just going to say, like, that's why that one's so different from the others. Like, it and it w only works because of the tracks that come before it. Really, it, like the the ambience of it is so kind of dramatic, coming straight off collapsing reality because that is the craziest song we've right. got. Right. Probably I'm... will. Right. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, and like that whole album. It, it's supposed to be ramping up in how crazy it is until that point. And that's the release. That's, that's the kind of accepting what's before. And then all this, the string section is taking motifs from the earlier tracks and kind of reworking them until we land on the final riff, which uh, we teased at the end of the cat list. So. <laughs> that's so it. In, in it all that, links to that song. That <laughs> Um, in, in that in that string section, um, as Liam says, we've we've got ideas from uh, every every part in there. Um, if you actually go back and listen to it, it, it's got a reference to to one. It's got a reference to two, three, four, five, um, and that that's that sort of we've played around with the idea of it's sort of like a flashback. It's sort of asking the the question of how how have we heard this before? Is it is it sort of like a past life? Is it you know, there's there's routes you can go down in the interpretation of that. Um, whether whether the acceptance is is an idea of of death and sort of a final ending, or it's sort of open open to interpretation, as we say. Right. Well, kind of piggybacking on that, what I said earlier, for me when I listened to that track, the the ambience at the beginning took me to a different world. I felt like like it just it it I can't explain it. It's just like I was listening to it, but like I was here physically but like my mind was somewhere else and then that heavy ending section happened and i'm like what the fuck is this this is nuts <laughs> <laughs> like where happened to my vision where'd it go <laughs> you know but i yeah. I've, i thoroughly enjoyed it it was it's a very solid album front to back one through five i mean it's it definitely it takes you somewhere as the as the songs go kind of how you guys just described them all um it, it it's just it's it's incredible i love it personally and uh the fact that you guys had all the way back from i think it was episode seven you guys were on in the beginning and that was fuck, when was that october november-ish somewhere in there yeah it was october i think yeah around then yeah last october when you guys were on one of the first episodes of the podcast with the catalyst and then that leads by design pun intended um <laughs> uh to ultimately what we're talking about now i just find that really fascinating and really cool that you guys had this vision from all the way in october when releasing the catalyst to august of the almost a year full calendar year later you know <laughs> 10 months later to ultimately lead the stages to osiris i just find that really fascinating and really cool that you guys have mentally thought this whole thing up as musicians and storytellers and everything i just find it really neat i find it really neat really cool oh yeah anything else uh well one thing i wanted to add is for you guys because you talked about the the lockdown and everything um did you find it difficult releasing an album in the madness of today being that you can't play out you can't really the only way to really promote it is via the internet and via you know social media and everything 
Is that the um, one? Did... It, it well, it was annoying because we love playing live. You know, right? That, that's kind of the what what we wanted to do the band for. You know, right? Like right. The, we we like making these silly concepts, but the live show is where it's at. Um, but the plan was always to release the songs in the kind of that time frame. And I actually think it's helped us out, especially releasing them as individual tracks. Because if we just was like, we're not going to release this because we can't gig, it, it would have just killed any momentum we've been working for for like the past year, you, you know? Right, right. And it kind of keeps us still relevant, even if it's only digitally relevant. So when we eventually get out of this and can play again, there'll be a demand for it, hopefully. Right. That would have been shit. If I was there, I'd be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is there any for the UK? Because I know it's different all around the world. Um, in the UK, where's the pandemic at for you guys? Is, is the possibility of playing out anytime soon? Is it, is, what's the outlook looking like for you guys? Um, gigs gigs have been started to be arranged for some some bands obviously with restrictions in place but um i think promoters are starting to potentially see see light at the end of the tunnel but things can obviously change right. uh, in a heartbeat and you know we, we could be back a few steps uh in the future we, we don't know but um i think we're potentially starting to see a, a positive shift and we're sort of starting to plan a few, a few new ideas for what's going to be in the, in the new divided by design live show, which hopefully <laughs> is going to be better than ever before. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of, it, it, obviously it sucks all this stuff, but it's right. kind of allowed us to kind of step back and really think about what we want to kind of do moving forward and make sure it's, we're the best thing that can possibly be in terms of divided by design, you know? There you go. There you go. So, I mean, I guess ultimately you're just taking the good with the bad and adapting and yeah. making the best of it, essentially. Yeah. yeah, we're in a pretty lucky position where we can make this and, you know, and not have to worry about getting studios. And whatnot. Right. I guess, you know, <laughs> being that it is 2020 technology is, at that point to where it's possible for younger bands like you guys to be able to still record and write and communicate and put out a five track concept album and not never leave the house, you know? So I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, he's, he's not wrong though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it went, wasn't it? Yeah. And it definitely was a lifesaver being able to talk to each other over whatever it is, Facebook messaging. It was just a lifesaver. Wouldn't have been able to do. Wouldn't have been able to do without it. Right, right, right. Well, uh, any uh, closing statements? I think we've talked for a good almost an hour now. Any closing statements you guys want to mention before we separate? I guess. <laughs> go, um, go listen. Just, yeah, go listen <laughs> to the track. Um, we, we've sort of been we've been working on a, a lot of a lot of stuff recently. Um, in terms of. What, what people are seeing now with the album, that was uh, a lot of months work in the past. And I, I'd like to say we're sort of ahead of the, the release by a good few months. So there's some big stuff coming. Very cool. Yeah, it's, there's nowhere end in sight for the releases or anything. We're going to keep going, keep pounding through. So stay tuned. Well, you, you guys already know I'll be here 
uh, full support. You guys have been very supportive of me and the podcast. And just like I said in the beginning of the episode, this is the fourth time you guys have been on on straight to the core, which is oh. me since you guys are from the UK and I'm from you know Illinois and everything. So it's crazy how also technology has allowed people like us to connect and be able to have co- this conversation. You know when you guys are you know two thousand miles that direction. <laughs> or, yeah. <you> know, <laughs> Thanks for thanks for having us. Thanks for keeping yeah. keeping us on. It's been really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's more it's more for me since you guys were there in the beginning. You know, when I didn't have much going on. You know, I was an infant podcast, if you will, and you guys came we, out of nowhere. And, and... Well, it's the same for us, really. Like you were kind of the only one who listened to us at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no one. I was emailing loads of people, and you were kind of the only one who was like yeah i like this let's let's get it on yeah. you know oh, yeah. we, we really appreciate that because it kind of helped us kind of move forward yeah yeah definitely very cool absolutely. yeah so definitely humbleness all around i suppose <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> help the young grow the young i guess but yeah it's really awesome to have you guys here um thank you tom liam joe for for taking the time out of your day to to be a part of this and um i'll be doing a track by track review I think I mentioned this in the beginning. I don't know if I mentioned it when we were recording or not, but I know I talked to you guys about it. <laughs> but for the listeners, for the listeners, I'll be doing a bonus episode, uh, a track by track review of Stages Two Osiris that'll follow this episode. Uh, I'm not sure on a release date, probably sometime midweek next week. Um, yeah, stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you guys so so much for being a part of this episode 37 of Straight to the Core. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Till next time, because I know damn well there'll be a next time. That's for sure. (laughs) I I hope so, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, regular. Regular regulars on Straight to the Core. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. You have a great night. And uh, And you. Well, you have a good one. Whatever. It's two in the afternoon, so it's not. Have a good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks. See you soon. Man, what a great group of guys. Liam, Joe, and Tom of Divided by Design with their record. Fourth appearance on the podcast. First quotes in the air in person, even though I live in Rockford, Illinois, and they live in Leeds, UK, (laughs) which is many, many miles away. Um, But yeah, their fourth time being a part of the podcast, and that's just surreal to me that their fourth appearance on the podcast fourth of many that is for certain because those guys were were definitely there for me and the podcast uh in its infancy in the single digit episodes and i kind of touched on that a bit in the interview um but yeah because of that I'll, i'll always support those guys and i hopefully you guys listening to this episode do as well because stages to osiris is a phenomenal progressive instrumental concept album it's it's insane. It's it's on Spotify and Apple Music. I'll be putting links in the description of this episode as well as description in the YouTube description. I said description too much. <laughs> Either way, there will be links to the Spotify and Apple Music um, accounts that are associated with the band so that way you guys can check out Stages to Osiris. Uh, as it was stated in the interview, it is five tracks. And I will be doing a bonus episode to kind of piggyback on this one while I will be doing a track-by-track review of Stages 2 Osiris. And that will probably air 
midweek next week. I'd say Wednesday-ish, maybe. A random wild Wednesday show appears. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll probably do that uh, this week. Find some time to, to sit down and record that out and uh, do a track-by-track review of Stages 2 Osiris. It's, it's a phenomenal progressive metal album. Uh, instrumental concept. There's a lot of titles to Stages 2 Osiris, but it's very, very cool and uh, very good, very well written. Um, we did touch a lot, obviously, on that album in the interview, um, but it's it's one of those albums that you got to hear to truly, truly understand, and that's why I wanted to do a track-by-track review, because being that it's a concept album, it's one of those albums you got to listen front to back in one sitting, and that's what we're going to do here on Straight to the Core, uh, where yours truly will be doing a review of each track, um, as they play for you guys, the listeners, you can check it out. But I do encourage you to check it out in your free time as well. Definitely, 100%, 100%. So before I get too far ahead of myself, um, the YouTube video version of this interview will be available at the same time that this episode is available. Um, so I know you obviously already listened to the interview, but you want to put some uh, faces to the voices of everybody involved. By all means, head to our YouTube channel and just search for Straight to the Core Podcast on YouTube, it should pop right up, because I rant and rave and ramble about the fucking YouTube URLs, how stupid they are, and I can't figure it out. If you if you know a way to fix a YouTube URL, so where it's just YouTube.com forward slash insert name here, let a guy know. Let a guy know, because I hate that I have to tell people to search for it. I just want to YouTube.com forward slash straight core pod, like it is across the board and everything else that we do on social media and the internet. Uh, so yeah, another little, little rant there <laughs> at the end. Um, but I think we're going to end here. We're encroaching, encroaching? Is that a word? That's a word, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but we're approaching, I know for sure that's a word, an hour here on episode 37 of Straight to the Core. So I think we're going to end it here. Um, yeah, definitely listen to Stages to Osiris. Thank you again to Liam, Joe, and Tom of Divided by Design. Thank you all for listening. And uh, stay safe out there. Stay cool, I guess. It's it's getting to be the fall months here in the Midwest, so the, the coolness is, is is kind of sticking around a little bit, although it is supposed to be in the 90s all next week, and I'm not looking forward to that one. But I digress. <laughs> Thank you all for listening again. My name is Matt Massacre. This has been a great episode 37 with Divided by Design, and I will talk to you all in the middle of the week next week for a track-by-track review of Stages 2 Osiris. Y'all stay safe out there. Thanks so much. Have a good night.